right, you may be seated. Welcome, thank you for being here to worship today with us. If there are any kids that didn't make it down to Children's Church that wanna go, you're, you're welcome to head on down there. Today's sermon is a continuation of the series we have been in for the past several weeks focused on work. Our scripture today is a longer text, so we're just going to jump straight into it. If you would please turn with me to Exodus chapter 16, we will begin reading in verse 9 and read to verse 30. As is normally the case, those verses will be projected behind me. They can also be found on page 64 in the Pew Bible. That's Exodus chapter 16 beginning in verse 9 and going to verse 30. Hear the word of the Lord. Then Moses said to Aaron, Say to the whole congregation of the people of Israel, Come near before the Lord, for he has heard your grumbling. And as soon as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the people of Israel, they looked toward the wilderness, and behold, the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. And the Lord said to Moses, I have heard the grumbling of the people of Israel. Say to them, at twilight you shall eat meat, and in the morning you shall be filled with bread. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God. In the evening quail came up and covered the camp, and in the morning dew lay around the camp. And when the dew had gone up, there was on the face of the wilderness a fine flake-like thing, fine as frost on the ground. When the people of Israel saw it, they said to one another, What is it? For they did not know what it was. And Moses said to them, It is the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. Gather of it, each one of you, as much as he can, the number of persons that each of you has in his tent. And the people of Israel did so. They gathered some more, some less. But when they measured it with an omer, Whoever gathered much had nothing left over, and whoever, whoever gathered little had no lack. Each of, them gathered, each of them gathered as much as he could eat. And Moses said to them, Let no one leave any of it over till the morning. But they did not listen to Moses. Some left part of it till the morning, and it bred worms and stank. And Moses was angry with them. Morning by morning, they gathered it each as much as he could eat. But when the sun grew hot, it melted. On the sixth day, they gathered twice as much bread, two omers each, and when all the leaders of the congregation came and told Moses, he said to them, this is what the Lord has commanded. Tomorrow is a day of solemn rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. Bake what you will bake and boil what you will boil, and all that is left over lay aside to be kept till the morning. So they laid it aside to the morning as Moses commanded them, and it did not stink, and there were no worms in it. Moses said, eat it today, for today is a Sabbath to the Lord. Today you will not find it in the field. Six days you shall gather it, but on the seventh day, which is the Sabbath, there will be none. On the seventh day, some of the people went out together, but they found none, and the Lord said to Moses, how long will you refuse to keep my commandments and laws? See, the Lord has given you the Sabbath. 
Therefore, on the sixth day, he gives you bread for two days. Remain each of you in his place. Let no one go out of his place on the seventh day. So the people rested on the seventh day. Amen. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of the Lord remains forever. Now that was a longer section of scripture. In these verses, God commands his people to work. He also commands them to rest. The command to take a weekly day of rest, referred to as the Sabbath, is probably the most frequently communicated command throughout the Old Testament. It gets reiterated again and again and again. The most well-known time it is communicated is in the fourth of the Ten Commandments, when God states, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work. You or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant, or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. It is interesting that most of the rest of the Ten Commandments are very general. Do not murder, do not steal, do not lie. The command to rest from work is a lot more specific. God makes clear the command is tied to his own acts of creation. God rests from his work. All who worship him should rest from theirs. There are plenty of times this command to rest is repeated. The prophets God sends to Israel are constantly reminding the people that rest is not something they should do when their schedules allow. Rest should be a priority. God gets angry when work is done, when his people are supposed to be enjoying rest. For Jews in the Old Testament, the Sabbath was rigidly defined. This weekly period of rest began Friday evening at sunset and went until Saturday evening at sunset. During this time, no work was allowed. The only time exceptions should be made were in cases of emergency. The word Sabbath is based on the same Hebrew word root that means cease or desist when it is used as a verb. When someone commands you to cease, desist, or stop, there is no leeway in the command. God is clear he wants there to be a day when all work stops. The intent of the Sabbath as God commanded it in the Old Testament was twofold. It was good for the people. Regular breaks from work are necessary. Without it, we wear down. And eventually, 
we break down. The other reason God ordered people to stop working has to do with the promises God had made. God wanted his people to regularly acknowledge that their well-being was not based on their efforts alone. God would provide what was necessary for them to flourish. The Sabbath also looked forward to God's future provision of rest. The day of rest God takes after his work of creation has no conclusion. God's seventh day is an eternal day of rest. Sabbath is an opportunity to inhabit that promise in some small way. Christians today mistakenly believe that the New Testament does away with the command to be intentional about resting from work. Throughout the Gospels, it is true that Jesus and his disciples are accused quite frequently by the religious leaders of the time of not keeping the Sabbath. The accusations leveled at Jesus are rooted in a legalistic understanding of what resting on the Sabbath must look like. At one point, Jesus' disciples are accused of breaking the Sabbath because as they are walking through a ripe field, they pick the heads off pieces of wheat, pieces of barley, and they're, they're eating these kernels. And the religious leaders say, you're breaking the Sabbath because you are harvesting on it. Elsewhere, Jesus angers these same people because he heals on the Sabbath. They think he is defying God's clear commands or downgrading their importance. He's not. Nowhere in the New Testament does Jesus or anyone else teach that the Sabbath is unimportant. Jesus recognizes the intent of the Sabbath. In Mark and the, uh, and the other Gospels, he says, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Jesus dismisses all the rules that had grown up around the Sabbath while making it clear the promises of God that the Sabbath is supposed to revel in have not ceased. In fact, Jesus makes it clear he is the fulfillment of the Sabbath. He is the ultimate rest that the weekly Sabbath practice in the Old Testament was pointing to. In Matthew 11, Jesus says, Come to me, all who, are, who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. What is being described here is more than a break from the daily grind. It is rest that body, mind, and spirit can be renewed through. Following Jesus' resurrection, the day on which Christians traditionally keep the Sabbath moved from Saturday to Sunday. 
This was in recognition of Sunday being the day on which Jesus rose from the grave. His victory is our victory that we rest in. While Jesus is the rest we inhabit, we recognize that in our current world, we do not rest in him completely. We are still burdened by this world. Thorns and thistles are still ever-present in our weekly grind. For this reason, the practice of routinely taking a Sabbath has been an intentional habit for Christians over the centuries. Just as the Jews of old were commanded to rest, we need to discipline ourselves to rest. Failing to make time to regularly rest in Jesus is bad for us, spiritually and physically. Taking a regular Sabbath is difficult for many. Let's return to the verses we read from Exodus at the beginning of today's message. The Israelites are wandering around in the desert. They are hungry. They come to Moses complaining. Moses brings their complaints to God. God responds by providing for the Israelites miraculously. What comes to be known as manna, which can be made into bread, falls from the sky. The people collect as much as they need. On the sixth day in preparation for the Sabbath, God provides twice as much as he usually would. This was so the Israelites can have a day of Sabbath rest where work wouldn't be necessary. On previous days, any extra manna that the people attempted to keep overnight rotted and was filled with maggots. On the sixth day, this doesn't happen. God provides so that there can be rest. Just to reiterate, the situation is that God has miraculously provided bread in the desert for thousands of people. Normally, this bread rots when it is kept. On the Sabbath, this doesn't happen. Despite all of what God has done to provide for the people, a few still go out and try to collect manna on the day God has given them to rest. Beginning in verse 27 of Exodus 16, we are told that on the seventh day, some of the people went out to gather, but they found none. And the Lord said to Moses, how long will you refuse to keep my commandments and my laws? See, the Lord has given you the Sabbath. Therefore, on the sixth day, he gives you bread for two days. Remain each of you in his place. Let no one go out of his place on the seventh day. A true Sabbath isn't just a matter of scheduling. While scheduling is important, we can only truly rest when we rest in God. Jen Wilkin, the author and Christian speaker, writes, Our patterns of work 
and rest reveal what we believe to be true about God and ourselves. God alone requires no limits on his activity. To rest is to acknowledge that we humans are limited by design. We are created for rest just as surely as we are created for labor. An inability or unwillingness to cease from our labors is a confession of unbelief, an admission that we view ourselves as creator and sustainer of our own universes. You would think obeying God's command to cease working and rest would be an easy one to follow. It wasn't easy for the people of Israel as they traveled through the desert. When they arrived in the promised land, they continued to not take a regular Sabbath. The promised land was a land of abundance, but their refusal to align their lives with God's wisdom separated them from God's provision. God blesses those who follow his recommendations. The Israelites' refusal to rest was driven by greed and fear. They thought resting would negatively impact their wealth. They feared if they didn't work, they wouldn't have enough. Being intentional about taking a Sabbath rest has not gotten easier for us in the modern world. It used to be the case in Christian countries that taking a weekly rest was not really optional. Working on Sundays was strictly forbidden. The blue laws that still exist in many places are a vestige of the way things used to be. Now we are encouraged to keep busy all of the time. It's not just that we work a lot, although some certainly do, there is a pervasive feeling that a busy person is a worthwhile person. You even see this with kids right now to a crazy extent. Parents feel pressure to fill every moment of their children's time with activity. I feel this pressure myself, especially with sports. The feeling is that if you want your kids to excel at sports, they must never stop working at sports. The motivation for never stopping in this case isn't financial, although some parents operate under the delusion that their kid is right on the verge of that scholarship. Instead, the motivation is status a desire to not fall behind or something else. We, we, have to, we have work to do to grow in our ability to rest in Christ. We need regular practice. While the New Testament doesn't prescribe Sabbath rest in the same way the old did, that doesn't mean it shouldn't be a priority. 
Ceasing to work allows us to recuperate spiritually. Without sleep, the body and mind begin to shut down after a day or two. Without spiritual rest, our souls suffer. In addition to helping in the present, taking a Sabbath rest prepares us for the future. There is an eternal rest that every Christian will experience through Christ, that great unending seventh day of creation. Jesus has gone to prepare a place for us. In this life, we are supposed to be getting prepared for our future existence. Rest is something we have to practice to improve upon. Back when my kids were younger, Ann and I took them to this museum up in Dover, New Hampshire. It's the New Hampshire Children's Museum. And one of the, one of the activities that you could do at this museum was they had a, a table set out. There was a little screen of some sort. And there was these two like headsets that you could put on, these contraptions that you could put on your head. And two people were supposed to sit on either side of this table. And what the contraption was doing was measuring your brain waves. And if you look down at the little screen on the table, there was a ball on the screen. And depending on how at rest your brain waves were, the ball would move. Depending on it. So it was gauging each, the, what was going on in each person's brain. So the point was, to win the game, you had to make your mind rest more than the person sitting across from the table, which is very hard to do. It's very hard because anytime you'd start to win, you would get excited and then you'd start to lose again, right? The goal of the game was to score on your opponent. Resting in Jesus through faith is a bit like this game. It's counterintuitive, but true, but we have to work on resting. Our faith grows when we use it. If we never practice resting in God, we shouldn't be surprised that we don't know how to do it well. At this point, you might be asking yourself what practicing Sabbath rest would look like for you. That is a great question to ask. To a large extent, the answer is between you and God. For some people, mowing their yard might be an appropriate use of time as part of their Sabbath rest. I wish that was true for me. I hate mowing my yard. And so when I'm taking a Sabbath, that is not something I should be doing. Everyone's life is different as well. A parent with young children can't really expect to enjoy an uninterrupted day of rest in the same way someone whose children have grown to adulthood can. I know there are also limitations for some who are caring for their parents or other people that are dealing with the infirmity of old age. And it's not really realistic to say, I'm just going to take one day a week off. Sunday is the best day for the majority of people to rest, but some of you have jobs that require you to work Sundays periodically. 
When this happens, Sunday can't be a time of rest. So where does this leave us? I want to leave you with seven practical guidelines worth considering for how to go about practicing a regular time of Sabbath rest. First, make a Sabbath rest part of your routine. If you wait till you have time to rest, you will never do it. You will have time only if you make the time. Two, prepare to rest as much as possible. If you know a work or school project is due Monday morning, that means if Sunday is the day you have set aside to rest, you will have to be done with what you need to do by Saturday. Three, remember that keeping the Sabbath is a spiritual practice. This means that spending time with God should be a key element of your rest. Four, I, I think this one is really important in our current world. Take a break from technology. Take a break from technology. Email and social media are designed to create a sense of ongoing anxiety. When you rest, you should turn off all the notifications. You should consider how the technology you use is impacting you. Five, get out in nature. Natural environments change the way we think. Six, especially a hard one for some of you, don't feel guilty. Don't feel guilty. You are not supposed to have anything to show at the end of your Sabbath. And seven, spend time with family and friends. This sermon is very practical. God wants his people to work. He also wants us to rest. God has provided what is necessary for us to enjoy rest. In the verses we just read today, he provided manna miraculously. Jesus is the bread of life that is our ultimate rest. We struggle to rest in God's provision. We have to make taking a regular Sabbath rest a priority. Counteracting a common tendency to strive requires intentional effort. Through regular resting, keeping the Sabbath discipline, we are restored mentally, physically, and spiritually in the present and prepared for the future rest Jesus made possible for us. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I pray that we would make rest a priority in a world where we're constantly distracted, where there's so many things going on, it's easy to just be consumed by all the things that we need to do or we want to do or whatever the case may be, Lord. So I just pray that we would make it a priority to 
take time to rest on a regular weekly basis. We also pray that as we do that, we would recognize that you, that Jesus Christ is our ultimate rest. The bread of life that we can rest in, Lord. And I, I pray that through that realization, we would get closer to becoming the people that you have called us to be. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.